The biggest games. Racky for three, got it to go. The most compelling stories. Three of the former players said sons were on this uh, particular Monroe team. The area's best high school sports coverage. Throws it down with two hands, the whole hoop is shaking. That's a 10, that's a 10, baby. This is Zimbrick Honda's presentation of Prep Mania on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app and Wisconsin On Demand. You made it, Wisconsin. High school football season is already here. Hope you're having a terrific night, everybody. I'm Alex Strofe with you live from the Everlight Solar Studio downtown Madison, Wisconsin. I'll be joined shortly by the Dean of Area High School Sports, the great Dennis Semrau, as we kick off the 2023 prep football season here on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. 14 high school football coaches from the area will join us over the course of the next two hours on the special Coaches Roundtable edition of Prep Mania. And from 8 to 9 tonight, it will be Jesse Nelson and the Dean Dennis Semrau with the No Huddle Preview covering every single area high school football program as fast as anybody in the business. Once again, we welcome back Zimbraconda as this year's presenting sponsor of Prep Mania. For nearly 50 years, Zimbraconda has provided the Madison area with quality Honda vehicles. The trusted staff of Zimbraconda's used car dealership will save you time and reduce your car buying stress by finding the vehicle that matches your style. If you're in the market for a used Honda or a new Honda, visit Zimbraconda in Madison today or head to their website, zimbraconda.com, to check out current inventory. So I mentioned it, 14 area high school coaches will join us over the course of the next two hours. We will kick things off next with the reigning state champions. Two state championships come to the Madison area last year. It was Columbus, led by head coach and the WFCA coach of the year, Andrew Selgrad, and the Monroe Cheesemakers, also winning a state championship last year. Their program once again this year, led by the great Toby Goldenbeski. We'll hear from both of those guys coming up next. After them, we will hear from a guy who's a little bit familiar with state championships himself. He's the head coach of the Wanakee football program, and that is the great Pat Rice. Pat will also be alongside Monona Grove head coach Brandon Beckwith. Beckwith and Rice will join us about 6.30 this evening. Also on the docket tonight, the 10 other head coaches that will join us tonight are as followed. Two second-year guys, Josh O'Connor from Sun Prairie West and Andrew Riley from Verona will join us this hour, as well as Mike Harris from Madison Memorial and Rodney Wedig from Milton, two veterans in the coaching business. Next hour, we'll kick it off with two guys who are also legends in their own right, the president of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association and the head coach of Sun Prairie East, Brian Kaminsky, and 2B WFCA Hall of Famer and back in charge of the Cardinals program in Middleton, that is Tim Simon, will join us next hour. Also next hour, Paul Ackley from McFarland and Jason Becker from Stoughton will join us. We will also hear from... Two guys that have gotten to know each other very well and have been on our program each and every year. From Mountain Horror Barneveld, it's Brett St. Arnold. And from Madison Edgewood, it's Jesse Norris. All 14 of those coaches joined us in the Everlight Solar Studio and preview the season and also talk about hot-button topics that the Dean Dennis Semrau never shies away from. So that's all still ahead. If you miss any of our program tonight, you can find it for free wherever you get your podcast on the Wisconsin On Demand app. Apple Podcast, Spotify, just search Prep Mania and you can listen to the full uncut conversations we had with all 14 of these coaches. Our season on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania starts Thursday, 
I don't even have to say next week anymore. It starts Thursday as Sun Prairie West travels to take on Madison East, and it's a doubleheader as we'll have Muskego visiting Verona Friday night. You can hear that game, both of those games, in fact, on 100.5 ESPN, as well as a free video stream back for the third straight year on WisconsinOnDemand.com and the ESPN Madison YouTube page. For our full schedule of Prep Mania games this year. Find it on Twitter at ESPN Madison as we have four weeks with doubleheaders. Week one, week two, week five, week eight will all have doubleheaders available for free right here at 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Well, football season is here, so let's waste no time. Coming up after the break, the two reigning defending state champions, Toby Golombeski from Monroe and the reigning WFCA Coach of the Year, Andrew Selgrad from Columbus. Join us next to kick off the Coach's Roundtable right here on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Alex Strofe, the Dean, Dennis Samurai with you right after this. No, don't get stressed, it's going to get figured out. The Coach's Roundtable continues here on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Alex Strofe, the Dean, Dennis Semra with you from the Everlight Solar Studio. And we start things off in fashion, Dennis. The champs are here, as John Cena once said, I think, maybe. Uh, we're just going to say that. Andrew Selgrad from Columbus is with us. Toby Golombeski from Monroe with us. Andrew, thanks so much for being here with us. And obviously, uh, it's been a been a fun year for you so far, uh, coming off that state title in Columbus. Oh, thanks for having me. And yeah, it's been a it's been a whirlwind for sure. No doubt about it. And Toby, same for you, coming off that state championship and getting right back to, to fall camp. How's everything in your world? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun uh, soaking all that in and, um, you know, but really experiencing everything that we have gone through with that group of guys and, and watching them go off to school now and, and their very next success, successful ventures that they're going to be involved in. And when they talk about defending titles, uh, you, you'll defend the title if you can get all your guys back from last year, right? <laughs> yeah, if we could just re-sign some contracts and uh, keep everybody on board, but that's not... that. That's not how it works, you know, uh, and we got to go back sometimes and start from square one with some situations. And, uh, you know, we've we noticed that the guys have definitely, uh, you know, kind of the rich get richer. That extra five weeks of practice really helps those younger guys uh, retain a lot of information coming into the next summer and the next fall. Yeah, and Andrew, you got a, a good nucleus of some solid guys, two-way players back. Again, for your younger guys going the, that those extra weeks, how big was that? To, what kind of growth have you noticed, and especially guys stepping into starting roles maybe this year? Oh, absolutely. You know, those extra five weeks, getting to work with them, and that's why we had, you know, 9 through 12 all the way with us. That way they can see what it takes, you know, at a young age to make it to that level, to see the work ethic that the seniors had, and that way they can mimic that when they get their chance. And for a lot of them, their chances this year. That's not a stress beard, is it, Andrew? You've got a beard yeah. now. Since the last time we saw you, that's new. That's not a stress beard by any means, is it? Nope. That's uh, I hate shaving beard. <laughs> I'm right there with you, my friend, so I, I don't blame you. We'll start with you, Andrew. Tell us a little bit about Columbus this year. How's the team looking? I know it's still early, only a week and a half into practice, but what are some early takeaways from your camp? Well, we're young. First of all, so we, we got a lot of growth to do. And, you know, we've been spoiled the last two years. We had a very veteran crew last year. And so for us as a coaching staff, we've had to do a lot of educating 
a lot of teaching, and that's what coaching's all about, and that's where it's fun. So it's been a it's been a slow progress, but I'm really pleased with how we've moved from day one till up till today. Uh, we got done with our scrimmage, came up right here after that scrimmage today. So like what I saw. It's it's nice to have those scrimmages too, right? It's it's real evaluation when it's not you against you, right? Yep. I mean, it, it provides a little bit something different. What are some names we should keep an eye on for, for the Cardinals this year? Uh, I know again, it's still early, but so we might not be familiar with some of these names. Well, you know, our core nucleus: uh, Colton Burnell, Jefferson Mulberry, Brady Link, Riley Knockreiner, Devin McCormick. Those are the guys that are returning. Those guys. Those are our anchors. Those are the guys that are going to be leading this team. Uh, young players, you know, we got we, we had to replace four old linemen, so that's going to be a huge part of it right there. You know, um, we got a new quarterback as well, Peyton Powers. He's done really well in camp. He's really caught on to the offense. Uh, Connor Roach is another running back that we have, so that way we can kind of take some carries off of Colton, so we can, you know, save those legs. You know, there's we got some guys in there that are, are producing. Luke Call's going to step in at uh, outside linebacker for us, uh, replacing Ty Cowell from last year. So those are some guys. Got to ask you about uh, Colton Brunell. Mm-hmm. He's going to be headed to North Dakota next year. Yep. How big just to get that elephant off his shoulders? That recruiting process. You could tell. You know, it, I I saw him. It, it, he. Re- Committed on a Saturday. He texted me right away. I could just tell from the text he was excited. Uh, talked to him on the phone just shortly after that. Uh, it was like the world was off his shoulders finally. You know, it, recruiting's tough. It, it's a business yes. out there. You know, and, and for a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, uh, you're making life decisions. And so for him, you know, he, he would think he'd get something one way and then end up being another and, and just dealing with those ebbs and flows. And then finally you know, be able to have that opportunity to say, yeah, I'm going here. You can tell it was a huge burden off his shoulders. One final thought for me on Columbus, and that is Peyton Powers. That is an amazing quarterback name. It is. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Kid just sounds like a quarterback. Let's head to the cheesemakers now, Toby. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your squad. And and again, obviously senior heavy last year, but still some good returners for you. Well, wow, we should have got together. I mean, we're replacing uh, four offensive linemen. Uh, we're going to be young also, um, you know. And we're and it's not just uh, not just the age of the guys, but a lot of weight that we're going to have to replace. We're not we're not as big, but we're we're very strong. Uh, they did a great job uh, in the weight room. We don't look like Bunker. We don't look like um, Rufinock. We don't look like Fox. But we're back to the little swiss guys you know uh 185 pounds you know benching you know 225 squatting you know three 350 and guys that can run and get after it and and uh you know a few guys are a little stronger here and there but uh you know we're gonna look to uh you know Gadula got hurt early in the year he came back ran back a kick or two in the um state game um, he is looking really good physically. Elaine Meyer, who was Hernandez's replacement in a couple of games at fullback in the in the uh, playoffs, and kind of gave him a break during the during the regular season. He is back at fullback, and then Caden Cooster uh, at our other at our other running back uh, would probably be had gotten the most plays of all of them last year and several touchdowns. And, uh, you know, so when we're really big in the backfield, uh, we lost a little weight in the, in the offensive line and we're still, uh, you know, our scrimmages tomorrow and we're still putting those puzzle pieces together. We don't know if we have it completely right yet, uh, but it's going to be a process. 
and uh, we're going to have to go through it. I don't think uh, we're going to be the guys that go out and blow everybody away right away, but we definitely have to get better every single day that we show up better than the day before. I have to ask you about one of my favorite players from last year, Isaac Bunker. Uh, obviously, you know, a great wrestler, a great leader for you. That's You talk about the physicality, but that leadership he gave you last year, that's got to be one of the keys for this senior group, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, so we've got some guys picking up the slack on the leadership. Uh, we've got Ethan Rosensteel, who filled in for Brookwicky a couple games when he hurt his shoulder. So he's got a couple wins under his belt, and he's done a great job, along with Lane Meyer uh, and the other guys. And I, I really put a lot of pressure throughout the year on the seniors. Um, I give them a lot of projects, uh, non-football-related sometimes, where they got to get guys together and, you know, we're doing a service project or we got to get guys together to do something else. And I kind of see who I can count on, who the other guys are going to listen to. And I think they've done a really good job picking up the slack uh, with that. And old Isaac, just to fill you in. So he, he's out at Annapolis right now and, uh, they take his phone away. And as he was going through boot camp and everything. So we really, a great job and having fun and uh, a lot of running and uh, he's uh, he's enjoying through excellent um, a couple things though I guess being very successful as coaches uh, you get an input uh, what's going on around the state what is one thing I guess we'll start with you Toby that you'd like to see uh, happen for high school football uh, one positive is it uh, all in play contact days uh, for you what's that one thing that you think can make the sport better well i i think i think they're doing a good job and i think the wfca having to say on things and getting input from everybody in there i think they're they're on the right track one thing i don't want to see is uh, time there are limitations on what you can do and there is a limited time i think it is such a mentally intense and physically intense sport that i don't think we need to play any more of it i think we're playing the exact amount that you need to play to keep it special. I think when it becomes like AAU basketball or travel baseball or club volleyball or something like that, where you're playing from week to week, you're going to kind of lose lose a little bit of how special it is uh, to be able to play this game and what a limited time you have to do it. It really ups the value of it, I feel, and uh, playing right now. Uh, Andrew? Um. For me, I, I would like more time, <laughs> honestly. Um, just having, you know, non-padded, you know, seven-on-seven seven type of thing that was that was thrown out there uh, by the WFCA, uh, it would be good, you know, just be able to spend time with the kids in the summertime and and just, you know, foster that team mentality. So it doesn't have to be anything contact-wise or anything like that, but more conceptual. You know, that that's something I would appreciate and I think would help. Uh, because, you know, especially with the young team, it's not so much the physical side of the game, it's the mental side of the game that they struggle with. Mm -hmm. And so being able to have that time with them and say, all right, this is what we're looking at here, watch some film together, uh, and draw it out on the boards. If we could have that kind of time with them and then, you know, just go outside and and just run through a couple things, you know, I think that would be beneficial. 
We've got the state champs with us, Andrew Selgrad from Columbus, Toby Golombeski from Monroe with us here on the Coach's Roundtable, helping us kick things off in style. A- Andrew, what's kind of the motto, right? We talk about the youth and obviously the turnover, but you're coming off of what every team wants to come off of, right, a state championship. So what do you tell the guys to kind of keep it, keep them in check, uh, understanding what you're coming off of? Is there a motto? Is there something you subscribe to? What, what, what is it at Columbus? Well, there's a couple things that I've said to them. You know, one of them I picked up, and I believe it was from Kimberly. Uh, I saw this online, and their motto was, tradition never graduates. And I love that. I like that. I really do. And so that's something I've been telling our players is that, hey, we lost some good players, okay? But we can't do anything about that. That We move on. Never graduates. we got to maintain that tradition. And the other thing is it's their turn to write their own chapter in Columbus football history. So what do you want that chapter to be like? How do you want it to end? What are you going to do to make that happen? And so we've kind of rallied around those two ideas that, yeah, we're young, but it's your turn to step up. I love that. Tradition never graduates. That's why you're the state coach of the year, man, right there. You, you, you steal stuff from other people like that. That's pretty darn good. Toby, how about you? What, what, what's the message to your group this year coming off that state title? Well, we started out with a really good camp uh, this summer, and things were rolling along pretty smooth. And But we've had to have a couple of uh, checkpoints where we had to remind them that they have not won a game yet mm. this year. And uh, the, you can put those rings away uh, in your uh, – in your drawer for a while and uh, start working on the next one uh, because we had to kind of come to a point where we were going to, where we were going to shelf last year and uh, put that behind us and focus on what we have to do with the particular guys that we have left uh, to continue to be successful. And uh, you know, that, that, uh, what that could be a state championship. That could just mean uh, we don't have any uh, we don't have any kids getting in trouble. We don't have any, you know all the kids graduate have good grades. We don't have I mean just just being the best selves that they can possibly be uh, roll over for us when we show up because we want to state championship. Whereas they, we need to let them realize that we have actually painted a huge target on our back uh, with those rings and winning that state championship. No doubt about it. That's the mentality that gets you a state championship. And and the season already here, just a week away from kickoff for Columbus and Monroe. Fellas, always appreciate catching up with you and wish you the best of luck this season. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Andrew Selgrad from Columbus, Toby Golombeski from Monroe. It is the Coach's Roundtable. We'll talk with another guy that's familiar with championships, Wanakee's Pat Rice, and from Monona Grove, Brandon Beckwith. That's next. It's the Coach's Roundtable on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania rolling on live from the Everlight Solar Studios, the Coach's Roundtable Edition. Very excited to be joined in studio by the head coach of the Silver Eagles of Monona Grove, Brandon Beckwith, and the multiple-time state champion from the Wanakee Warriors. It is the great Pat Rice. Fellas, thanks for doing this as always. We appreciate you taking the time to talk about your teams in the upcoming season. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. So we'll start with you, Brandon. Tell us a little bit about the Silver Eagles this year coming off a 5-5 and season. Tell us a little bit about your team. Yeah, you know, coming off of our first couple of days of, of of practice here, you know, you 
you know, after a five and five season, you know, you, you there's some good things and some some things that you wish you could improve on. And then uh, I think that the kids coming into camp know what we needed to improve on. And um, last year we had a lot of inexperienced playing, so some of those inexperienced guys are. Um, you know, starting camp, knowing and, and made gains throughout the off season, and uh, overall, we're really pleased of how the first two days days have gone. Um, so, weather's been great. We, our numbers are at an all time high. 140 kids we uh, we had come out for football this year, and um, you know, kids are excited. So, it, so it's been an overall plus, and and we're looking forward to it rolling through the rest of the season. That's perfect. And Pat, how about you? How are the Warriors looking for this upcoming season? Uh, it sounds very similar to what Brandon said. We've had a good couple of first two days, and we uh, kids are excited. We got a lot of competition. Where kids are competing, and uh, we're kind of taking the steps at this time of year that we usually are taking. So it's um, it's been fun getting back out there for sure. And uh, I know our kids are excited about things uh, getting kicked off. Yeah, um, Pat. Looking back, uh, you guys have had a long relationship, Monona Grove and Wanakee. Next year, more conference changes. I think it goes back to pre-pandemic. I think uh, we talked a couple of years ago. You had like three different years. You had three different schedules. And uh, mm-hmm. we're, now the Badgers gone to a large and a small for all sports. But football next year is going to be different because I understand, in the, for example, in the uh, Badger small, Edgewood's going to be in it, Lake Mills, Lakeside Lutheran. So the Badgers going to look different. Will you guys play again after this year? Because I know you're doing a crossover, right? Yeah, I think Monona Grove's in our conference, so our, so, our yeah, okay. next year. Yeah, so, I mean, we really will have an eight-team league with two front-end non-conference games. Um, and, and so you, we really won't have anything to do with the Badgers small in football unless there be a, a potential playoff matchup. Uh, at some level there, but to be honest with you, yeah, we're uh, the league, the Badger Large is going to be a, a great league, and um, we're excited about it. I think it uh, it'll be it'll be very competitive. I think uh, the lower levels will match up better. I, th- I think it's a really good thing for us. The Badger Small, I think, has to partner up with the Eastern uh, Eastern Wisconsin. Uh, Beaver Dam and Watertown are moving there, so there's some issues there with bylaws and. And kind of getting those those uh, two leagues uh, working together because that's that's actually the Badger Small's partner. Uh, the Badger Large will kind of be in our own uh, area, and and uh, uh, that will be our entire you know schedule with the exception of the first two non-conference games. So the way it sets up for the large, it's it's pretty nice with a bunch of really good teams. That gonna be an eight-team league then. Yes. So yep. then, yeah. So then everybody plays. Conference, unlike now, the last couple of years, the small and the large have had a crossover game. Right, we were affiliated with the small, yeah. and and next year it'll just be the large, and the small actually is affiliated with the uh, Eastern Wisconsin League. How does uh, Monona Grove think? What do you guys think? I mean, about I, that? you know, it's, I think it's going to be a, a heck of a conference, and, and like kind of like Pat said, that one thing is, you know, like. Our programs are all pretty, you know, very competitive, and and you look at lower levels, and you know, you know, there's there's teams out there that are struggling to fill all all three levels, and uh, you know, that's just a huge piece that when we know we have games filled, two um, proximity of games, you know, like locally, uh, you know, like just travel alone. I mean, 
it's it's you know we're all we've played each other we're all around the same area you're not traveling all over heck to uh to to do those things and um, we're all familiar with each other as coaches too um we all have a great relationship um as coaches and you know it's going to be competitive heck as heck so um looking forward to it and, and you know and and you know like sometimes change is okay you know like we've we've been bounced around you know we're always on the border of small and large and we don't know where we're going to be and our enrollment <laughs> changes so you know it's just you just take it you know take it as is and people ask me where would you want to play and um competition's great we want to play good teams and and we want to uh you know make sure we got games filled and and we just want good experience for all the players we have involved who are you going to lose from a maybe a rivalry standpoint now with the that because you've been in the badger well, it was it was east and west, yeah. right? And I think small. I think from um, from Monona Grove, um, you know, like Stone is 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 one that you know um, the history of Monona Grove. Um, we've played Stone. You know, I might be wrong a little bit, but I think it's every single year. I can look back at our history, and and I think we've played Stone every single year um, since Monona Grove has been established. And Pat, uh, you've had DeForest in the other conference. You've had to schedule them first game of the season. What last year, this year? Now they're going to be in the large, correct? Yeah, they'll be in there. And like I said, you know, yeah. when we were talking earlier and as Brandon was speaking, you start looking at the tradition of some of those schools with, you know, us winning a number of state championships, uh, Monona Grove winning a number of state championships, DeForest winning a bunch of state championships, Sun Prairie, um, obviously they're split, but they're uh, been a perennial power themselves. So it's like really a, a exciting league to be a part of. There's going to be some very good football programs players, coaching staffs, and uh, it, it's kind of a, I, I believe that uh, we'll make each other better. So now that leads to my next question. With that kind of a conference, it's going to be tough to get to the playoffs where they are now. What's on the table from a playoff standpoint? I've heard rumors about trying to get everybody into the playoffs or adding another round or what from the coaches association standpoint uh what's on the table and what do you guys think i guess we'll start with you pat about postseason from this point on well i think the the playoff qualification is going to stay the same they can't really add extra rounds because of the uh, camp randall situation where we play our state championship i think it's going to be very similar um there could be some things in the horizon if if uh they drop a division, go eight man. I think that's a possibility. Uh, I don't think they're going to want to do the all play, just because you know some of the mismatches of you know an O and nine team versus nine and O teams. Um, you know, so I think it'll be very similar in terms of the the you know playoff qualifications. Um, you know, they've talked about that um, qualifier where if you win so many games, you might move up a division. Uh, in those sorts of things, I think the WI still work and WFCA are still working that out. Uh, but I don't really see it uh, being an all play. I think the the way they are doing it right now with the qualifications, they've talked about essentially like an NIT tournament um, for those that don't qualify, and we'll see if that really gets off the ground and 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 rolls, giving teams more opportunities. Uh, to play, but I, I think you'll see it be very similar to to the qualifications. Uh, you know, moving forward, the only thing I could really see that might change the the landscape a little bit would be um, if they do drop the seventh division, and, and because there's so many of the smaller schools that have gone to eight man, uh, that might that might uh, mix it up a little bit. Um, 
you know, for, for some of the middle, you know, level, you know, division three, four type schools, but uh, we'll see. Um, I think, I think they're excited. I think participation, as Brandon mentioned, uh, numbers are up uh, in particular in our area. I know we work together with Monona Grove and some area schools with our, our lower level uh, programs. And I think we've all done a good job of getting kids to enjoy football and understand uh, how much fun it is, to be honest with you. And so I think it's really positive to see everybody's numbers, you know, kind of starting to move up uh, quite a bit. And, and uh, you know, so I, We'll see. I mean, I, I feel like football's in a good place and moving in a really good direction. Uh, Brandon, what do you think from a playoff standpoint? Uh, I know there's other states that actually play Thanksgiving weekend. I know we have deer hunting here, but has there been <laughs> any kind of a push to go? What do you think from a, a, you know, a week later? <laughs> you know, I've been, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a you know, proponent of all play just because I've, you know, we've been at, we've had those tough seasons, you know, and, and I think the last thing you want to do is, is, you know, sometimes, you know, the kids have had enough coaches and, you know, and, and, you know, it's kind of, you kind of had enough and, and you also don't want to, um, the, you know, the more games you play, there's more chance of injury for kids, you know, and, and some of those, you know, when, when, when we're just, you know, not where we want to be as a football program, the last thing you want to do is, is, is throw, kids out there like like pat said earlier 0-9 team versus a 9-0 team and and risk injury for basketball seasons and things like that you know so um sometimes you know when enough's enough you know and, and, and when you're playing obviously we, we want to play and we want to keep playing um but you know there are c times and there are teams that you know just say you know enough's enough so you know so looking at something maybe to to have like maybe an nit type of deal you know where there's some competitiveness in those things or or giving uh, teams opportunity to to pick up an extra game you know with a comparable opponent and and doing something like that maybe a rivalry rivalry that you can establish you know that you didn't play in the season you know i think those are some things to look at but um extending seasons when when things are, are not going the way you want things to go for kids i don't know if it's that's a, the number one thing to do Brandon Beck with the head coach of Monona Grove and Pat Rice, the head coach of Wanakee, with us here on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. I want to dive into each of your offenses a little bit because you're in similar situations. You're both replacing senior quarterbacks from a year ago, but you both return the majority of your backfield production. Brandon, I'll start with you. You get a 1,000-yard rusher and Gavin Havlowitz back in your backfield. Can you talk to me a little bit about your backfield and who's going to play quarterback for the Silver <laughs> Eagles this year? You know, our quarterback job is still up in the air. Um, we, we have, you know... A senior competing. We have a junior, a couple juniors competing right now, um, and actually we have a, a incoming sophomore that wow. um, came in. Actually, um, in the playoffs last year, our senior quarterback Brady Voss was was um, um, having some injury issues, and you know, and and we we actually brought him up because um, our other quarterbacks at the time were also injured. So um, he got a little bit of experience. He got some game experience last year. Um, so now he's in the competition with with a, uh, like I said, a senior, a couple juniors. Um, so it's, it's, you know, they're still competing and, um, they're all good, good kids and, and, and good athletes. So, um, it's, you know, it's still up in the air. Um, in terms of Gavin, Gavin Hobblewitz, I mean, he's, he's a proven football player. He's a, he's tough as nails. He's a little guy and, um, you know, he, he's, he, he plays with the chip on his shoulder and he's a great leader. Um, we expect him to take huge leadership roles this year. Um, you know, he was all region running back last year and, um, our expectations are very high for him. Fantastic. And, Pat, for you, uh, you replaced Garrett Lenzendorf, your quarterback, last year, but you returned the 1,300-plus the, uh, yards of production from Sebastian Rasmussen and Ben Lindley in the backfield. So same question to you. I know competition's good, but do you have your quarterback situation figured out? And talk to me about the backfield. 
Well, our, our quarterback situation is still, you know, a lot of competition between a couple of different kids. So that that's that's still up in the air. And after two days, and you know, there's still a lot to be said. We're just getting pads on, you know, half pads tomorrow. Our running backs are good. Uh, Lindley's good. Uh, Rest uh, sub is good. We also have a, a kid named Scadden who's good. So we've got three pretty good backs, and we can use them in different ways in different personnel groups. Um, I think the bigger thing for us is our offensive line is good. Um, we've got a tight end that's that's a, a good player going to UCLA um, and some perimeter receivers. So there's there's enough weapons around there, and, and obviously we all know that the, the backfield thing starts with those guys up front. Um, and so we've got uh, we've got some pretty good guys back that are that are uh, hungry and, and good depth and competition in the offensive line. So, yeah, I think I think they're going to have good years. I think we'll use them in a lot of different ways. Um, and uh, yeah, it's exciting. And in the competition at quarterback will sort itself out. It's just been so early, and you know, it's, I'm not trying to be be coy or anything about that. We're just kind of into the process and starting it. So, um, yeah, but we we do like the the kids we have there, but. Uh, uh, there's still a lot more evaluating that needs to happen. Tradition's the right word. Two schools within the Badger Conference with great tradition. A big thanks to Brandon Beckwith of Monona, Monona Grove, excuse me, and Pat Rice of Wanakee for joining us on the Coach's Roundtable. More next at Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. It is the Prep Mania. Coach's Roundtable rolling on here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Alex Strofe, Dennis Semra with you from the Everlight Solar Studio. Excited to be joined now by two second-year head coaches from Verona. It's Andrew Riley, and from Sun Prairie West, it's Josh O'Connor. Two teams we have next week, Dennis, the high school football season already here. We'll have Sun Prairie West at Madison East, our opening game on Thursday, and then Verona plays host to Muskego. So two coaches we'll see early on in the season, Dennis. Awesome, yeah. It's, uh, those first couple weeks, though, guys, right, kind of feeling each other out. Glad to have non-conference games. Now, Verona never used to have them. And I'm not sure what your uh, what yours was before, Josh. Do you have a non-conference you came here? Yeah, when we were at Oconomowoc, we had um, when the Classic Eight got rid of uh, Catholic Memorial, we picked up one. It was just nice to have those couple of weeks, right, to kind of ease in. That's right. Yeah, it's fantastic and great competition again this year. Yeah, you got you you draw Muskego. Right? So. Yeah, yep, that's right. Um, we get them week one coming to our place this year, so they get a little bit of the longer bus ride, and it's going to be a, a great matchup. I know they're preseason what number five or something like that in the state, so. You know, see where we raised the bar right off the bat. And Josh, you started out right away. You got to win in your first game. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, it was a good feeling. I'll say, uh, you know, it's always that feeling of, yeah, we won and we felt good. And it was cool to get the first one, get the text from people saying congratulations. But there's always things to improve. And, and we, know, we knew we had a lot to work on after that first game. So it was kind of that, that weird feeling of, like, that's excitement. I'm glad, glad we got the win and, and the first one in, you know, my history as a head football coach. But more importantly, you know, some Prairie West history. Uh, but we had a lot of work to do before we could get any more after that game. So, so yeah, hopefully we're uh, – we're leaving week one this week with a, just a good positive feeling. Is it true that between week one and two is when you get your most growth? Once you actually, I mean, you've got some film from scrimmages and whatever, but to ha- actually have a live game? 
Oh, absolutely, right? That's a, that's a big change in pace going into a live game as opposed to a scrimmage. And um, it's also your, your your next week of scouting for an opponent, getting on that short week and really getting into the groove of things. So you, you find your footing and hopefully roll from there. And everyone looks good against their, their buddies playing on the other side as the scout team, right? So so it's just a good opportunity to uh, to get out there and, and almost get exposed a little bit. Um, especially if you have weaknesses, I think that that first game because the scrimmage everyone's kind of kind of basic. They're not preparing for a scrimmage. No one's preparing to win a scrimmage, so they're kind of doing their base stuff, not game planning. So yeah, I think it's that that first opportunity to to get exposed a little bit, see what the weaknesses are, and then make tweaks going into that second game. As you guys reflect on your first year, right? Playoff seasons for both of you, obviously, cut a little short. Both of you with level one losses, but you got a year under your belt. Obviously, Andrew, you guys won the Big Eight last year, seven and zero in conference play. So when you reflect on year one, which was very successful for you in conference play, how do you build on that? Right? Obviously, a perfect record, but how do you build on the success from last year and try to make it further into October and eventually November? Right. So uh, the model for this year's group is raising the bar. Um, the, the last group set, set the bar pretty high with that conference championship, but really, it's in the it's in the detail. Right, that's the small things are going to make us better to allow us to, to go further in the playoffs, to be able to go back to the Big Eight and hopefully win another conference championship. But we had three weeks where we had one score games. Uh, you guys had maybe both of them on the radio, um, and those are the type of games where those small things really make a difference, and those add up to, to being a win and, and rolling seven of those, eight of those in a row. Um, and then when it comes to the, to the playoff stuff, we just I think uh, you know the pressure of. We've had 10 years or so without a playoff win, got to the guys a little bit, but uh, we also added why not us to our motto, so f- forget about anything that's happened in the past, just let's focus on us, being the best versions of ourselves each week, and it'll take care of business. No doubt about it. And Josh, we were talking a little bit off the air, right? Unique situation for Sun Prairie West. First season uh, first season as a high school, right? Splitting into two high schools from Sun Prairie to Sun Prairie East and West, and you guys go 500. Dennis mentioned it. You win your first game, you win your second game, and your third game. You started the season 3-0 and and ultimately got to the playoffs in your first year. So as you look on your second year, what, what is building on it? What, what is your team's motto and kind of how are you viewing the second season for you and you guys? We're still focusing on leaving a legacy um, and I think even talking with our, our principal at Sun Prairie West, I think the next step in just our, our school's culture and our football culture is to co- like cohesion. And as a school, the motto is going to be one West. Um, I think everyone just felt like they were a collection of people put together, whether that was on our football team or in the school building itself, right? Like people felt like they were just kind of thrown together and didn't really feel that true connection, didn't feel like they had deep, meaningful relationships with the people that they were with. So from from our end and our leadership council, our players have done a great job of, of refocusing our team from results to more the process and focusing on, yes, we want to be a championship culture and that comes with winning, but more importantly, it's about the relationships that you're building with the, with the people in your, in your team or on your team or in your classroom or in the school with you. Um, so I think that's really where we've shifted is away from results and just focusing on like we got to become a program that people are proud to point to and say, hey, I'm from some Prairie West and we're proud of that football team. So what goes into that? Is there like team bonding retreats? Is there activities? I mean, as with your role as the head coach, I mean, what goes into building kind of that culture you, you strive for? Yeah. So talking with Dennis earlier, you know, yes, it's 
it's year two, but I really see it as year one because we didn't have an offseason last year. I got announced towards the end of February. Uh, we didn't have a staff put together probably until the day before our first contact day in the summer. So I think the biggest thing for us this year was really really getting after it in the offseason with workouts. Uh, but more importantly, we did one team building event every month where we just got the kids together, an opportunity to work together because during – during the season or during the offseason, everyone's split, right? People are doing basketball, people are wrestling. During the spring, we got track, baseball, all that stuff. So just having those opportunities to get together. Um, and then these first two weeks, every morning, uh, when we have our morning session every other day, we're spending probably an hour talking culture uh, and doing some relationship building stuff. So just this morning, um, you know, I got up in front of the group and talked about some of the challenges I faced with uh, my daughter last season being in the NICU for 35 days um, at the end of the season. So it's just doing stuff like that where we get up and we talk about uh, vulnerable things just to build those relationships with each other. It's awesome. You look at um, rivalries are so big. And for years, Sun Prairie and Verona, that's when we had circled. Now it's Sun Prairie East and West. When is Sun Prairie, do you think, going to be back, Big 8, wherever that's going to be a rivalry again? I know they're talking every year it's realignment, and I think every couple of years now we're talking playoffs, trying to figure out. There's a lot of questions, but are you guys eager to get that rivalry back again? I think yes and no. I mean, I enjoy all the off-season stuff we're able to do against yeah, each other and yep. with each other because we don't face each other on the schedule and don't have to worry about that necessarily. But, I mean, you guys are going up in population. When do you... Yeah, we went from, I, th- I believe we started last school year at tw- around 12.40, 12.30, something like that. And uh, just what Wisports had out with their enrollment projections, we were already up to 13.40. Wow. Um, and I know some Prairie East is going through a similar situation. We seem to be polling um, a lot of students out of the Madison School District as open enrollees. Um, so I think our number might bump up actually a little higher than theirs this year. So I could, you know, it seems like every two years, right, they're going to switch things around. And that's kind of what I heard when I came in was probably two more cycles of realignments and then possibility of going back into the Big 8. Andrew Riley from Verona with us. Josh O'Connor, Sun Prairie West with us as well. Let's start with Verona. Tell us a little bit about the team. Obviously, uh, you always have a lot of seniors going out and a lot of other guys filling in. That's that's always the Verona way. Tell us about your team this year, Andrew. Yeah, so a uh, big chunk of seniors and juniors this year. Um, we had 11 returning starters, um, or guys that rotated in as starters during the season. Uh, we, we're, we're really strong on the perimeter. Our defense is, is stout. Uh, starts up front um, with our defensive line, Jacob Bindle there, uh, Ridley Walters, Jaden Waller, those guys, linebacking crew. Uh, we got a new uh, football player coming out that's been a hockey guy and baseball guy oh, in the nice. past. And he's kind of got a little of that Bobby Boucher in him. You know, right? <laughs> like when those pants came on the other day, he was so excited. Uh, you got to tell him, like, orange, buddy. Orange means, like, just stop. That's that's us. Um <laughs> And uh, defensive backfield, obviously, Trey Poteet will be going both ways for us. Um, Garrison Cotty back there, Nate Novinska, and then uh, West Brickley is going to play both ways for us, too, our tight end, outside linebacker. Um, right now at quarterback, we have uh, Elijah Lagmasino has been taking the first team reps for us. He'll be a senior. Um, we also have Trey's cousin, Kenson, older cousin, that will be playing receiver for us, Aiden Chapman, a, a sophomore, um, and Jackson Connor. we got a lot of a lot of dudes that are ready to ready to get after it. Uh, the defense is really deep. They're just going to be sending waves, and it's going to be nice when we could have five guys, six guys who could be all-conference receivers and just be able to kind of line change a little bit. Um, in the backfield, obviously, we got to make up for Trey Ingram's 1,000-plus yards. Uh, he's out at Kansas State now doing great work out there. Uh, we got Chase Bradison and Max Jones, two seniors uh, that are really fast and really hungry and ready to get after it out there. 
I can feel the excitement from across the room, Andrew, and I know, Josh, you feel the same way. You get your quarterback back in, in Brady Rhodes this year, but tell us a little bit else about your team. Yeah, so as we were talking before we got on here, our you know just the process of the split of the schools. Our junior and senior classes are, are a little lower in numbers than I'd like for them to be. We have about... Um, 18 juniors, 19 seniors, and then we have a good size um, sophomore and freshman class. So what that means is we do have some experience coming back. I would say about half our our starters from last year um, on the offense, and then only three of our starters from the defense last year will be returning. So we're going to be a combination of some experience in that senior class, um, but then whether it's juniors who will now be starting or playing, or we're going to have a decent number of sophomores that are coming up and playing too. So combination of experience and inexperience, but really like this senior class and what they bring in uh, leadership characteristics. So exciting to see them kind of bring those kids along. Um, defensively, we have a, a returning starter at each level. So we have Aiden Riddles, a returning D lineman. Um, Ian Ackley, who was our lo- lone first-team all-conference uh, player at linebacker, he'll be returning. And then in the backfield, Jacob Holland, he'll be moving from corner to free safety, a little better position for him. Um, but we got a lot of youth there and a lot of uh, players who are ready to step on the field and make some big plays. Offensively, we return a little bit more. Obviously, Brady Rhodes returning at quarterback is huge. Um, he is probably the player who had the most growth from last year to now, just in terms of his – you think about his, um, his high school career. Freshman, backup quarterback. Sophomore year, playing on JV, backup quarterback to Drew Cavanaugh, who's over at Sun Prairie East now. Um, if Sun Prairie would have been one school last year, he's getting nowhere close to a varsity football field. Um, instead, he started 10 varsity games and used that experience to really hone in and uh, grow his or develop his technique from end of the season to now. So his growth has been pretty uh, pretty extraordinary, especially his knowledge of our offense. We're moving to a different offensive scheme, which will be much better for our players. Um, and he's owned that offense and is uh, the general on the field right now. And then we'll have uh, you know a couple of people carrying the ball, Keon Kapanen, um, Ian Ackley will be carrying the ball a little bit more, um, still catching the ball out of the backfield as well. And then Daniel Wilson, who came on strong for us uh, last season, scored uh, the, the game-winning touchdown touchdown or game clinching uh, touchdown against Oregon. He'll be back towing the rock a little bit more. Um, and then on the perimeter, we have no one who's a true stud and going to you know, be someone that needs to get double covered like some of the guys that Andrew has over there in Verona. Yeah, good problem to have over yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know how you double cover five guys who can all go make plays, but uh, that's for other D coordinators to figure out. Um, so yeah, like I said, a combination of some good experience coming back, but then also some inexperience that we're going to need to need to see and that's where those non-conference games come in handy for sure is letting those kids who don't have that experience in what is still a game situation but when you're talking playoff qualification and things like that an opportunity for for some mistakes to happen and growth to to come out of it uh one question for each of you guys one thing that you'd like to see for high school football i mean there's been changes you look at at practice and contact <clears throat> And how you approach things there. We're looking at potentially, you know, everybody in the playoffs or not. What What do you think the next step is? I guess start with you, Andrew. Oh, I, I always get the tough questions first. You know, <laughs> always comes to me. I let you warm it up. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I, I don't know that we necessarily need the the week in the in October or whatever it might be that extra game or everybody making the playoffs. I, I would love to have a little bit more contact time with the guys in the summer. I know it's busy and all that jazz, but a, a handful more of days. Would, would be great so that way you can kind of 
maybe do some weekly things throughout the, the, the summer or a couple days a week. Uh, I know we're fighting with the basketball, summer league, and all that stuff going on. We don't want to be pulling kids too many different ways, but just a little bit more time. And even if that's used in, in the classroom or something like that, that'd be great. Yeah, same with me. I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the all play. Just thinking back to, you know, when I was at Oconwalk, I was a part of the, the coaching staff that had a team that went 0-22. Uh, we were on a 22-game losing streak. And, and to play an extra game, I understand the benefit of it. But sometimes it's just good to put an end on the season and move forward. And really, I like, we, when we were in that situation, we just used that extra week. We didn't play a game, but we just kind of set the expectations for the offseason. So I like having that opportunity to do that extra week because you're not yet to the point where, where winter sports have started off. Um, I really think uh, a good move would be adding five contact days to the summer. And what I think would be great is you get five in June, five in July. The five in June are, are helmets only. That's like your seven on seven, your classroom, your install time. And then you get your five, you know, kind of follow that acclimation plan that the WIA has, you know, two in helmets. And then you can progress the pads from there. I think that's a really good option. I don't want to be like, I know some of the states around us have 25 to 30 days. We don't want that, but it does just seem weird when, you know, basketball can run open gyms and coaches can put their kids through drills and, <laughs> and we run an open field or get together and have a seven on seven and we can't talk to our kids. Well, the football season is here and you can hear from both of these teams next week as the high school football season kicks off right here on 100.5 ESPN. Thursday, Sun Prairie West, led by Josh O'Connor, takes on Madison East. And Friday, Andrew Riley's Wildcats and Verona play host to Muskego. Fellas, thanks so much for taking the time as always. Always great catching up with you. It is the Coach's Roundtable here on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania, continuing right after this. Rolling on, it is Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania, the Coach's Roundtable Edition. Alex Strofe, Dennis Semra with you from the Everlight Solar Studio. And we are in the presence of, of WFCA glory, Dennis. We have the Hall of Famer, Tim Simon, the head coach of Wana, or excuse me, of Middleton. I don't know, Wana Key. Whoa. Yeah. I'm going to get knocked down before this interview even starts. Yeah. And the president of the WFCA, Brian Kaminsky from Sun Prairie East. I'm still getting used to that. Still might take me a few years. So am I. It, we interviewed Sam Westringa earlier for a profile, and I said, how is it? He goes, oh, it's tough. It's still Sun Prairie, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Still yeah, Sun so Prairie. We say Sun Prairie. We still have our chest. We hope to re- represent the whole community. So. Well, the polo you have does say East today. So, uh, Once in a while, you got to throw that on there just to appease the, the admin. Yeah. But, uh, so you our, didn't clean out the closet. On our jerseys, it's going to say Sun Prairie. Well, Tim, let's start with you. You're back at Middleton. Uh, how's the offseason been? How's the transition been back to the, the co-head coach, right? Yeah, it's, it's actually going really well. And I think very fortunate that Joe and I are co-coaching together because, uh, you know, the list of things that needs to be done in the offseason is, is more than people, I think, understand. I mean, I, I have a month-by-month list I used to use when I was head coach of December, January, February, everything that has to be done in all those those months. So... Uh, having two of us made it bearable to get seven months of stuff done in two months. But it's going well. It's uh, it's always a busy time, and now we're in the middle of practice. So we do appreciate you guys taking the time. And, Brian, how about you? Obviously, we were talking a little bit off the air. Jerry, who is uh, you know, your son, Jerry Kaminsky, who is the great quarterback for you guys. Now at North Dakota, he said he's enjoying it, but now we have a transition period at that position. And, of course, you had a really nice senior class last year, so a lot of transition. Absolutely. Every year, you know, you got to put, put the new guys in place, and then hopefully they take that next step in, in that deal. And, and we, we know what we want to do every year, and that's compete for a conference championship and then make a run to the state championship, and that doesn't change from 
from year to year, even though the players are going to change. But, you know, we just got to get everybody up to speed. They put in the work to the offseason, and, and we're excited to get ready here uh, next week against uh, Monona Grove. It's already here. It's crazy. Uh, you guys have been friends. You coached the All-Star game together. You've got a great rivalry. Middleton's not playing Sun Prairie now. Yeah. It, it, we asked, we had Verona and Sun Prairie Western. Well, when are they going to play again? Brian, when, when are you guys going to be playing Middleton? Yeah, maybe not too far off. It is, it is weird. You know, we've been together for a long time competing against each other, and uh, it's been a great uh, rivalry. Some of my favorite games I've ever been involved in, whether it was an assistant coach or head coach, I have Middleton involved in that. And, and like you said, I think one thing that's been great about the rivalry is we became good friends. Uh, the staffs really respected one another. I think the kids really respected one another. Uh, during COVID, when we weren't sure if we were going to play, we did a little golf outing and, and mm-hmm. had some fun with that. So uh, it would be great to get back in that field with those guys, especially at, with what they're doing over at their stadium. Well, you with being the president of the, the Coach Association, a lot of things out there about playoffs. Are we going to go all in? Are we going to go NIT type <laughs> format where you've got a secondary thing? Yeah, there's a, there's lot. a lot of things getting thrown around there. That <laughs> there are, and uh, you know, our membership, our, our coaches will be getting a survey here shortly and, and give us a direction that they want us to see. And it's a matter of getting it with the WIA and, and figuring out what you want to do, right? There's a lot of different ways they can go, but I think. Really what's driving all this is, is the realignment that's taking place. Uh, and, and for some of those schools, I think it's, you know, there, there is some relief that needs to be made and, and some help given to them. And in some situations, maybe it's looking in-house and, and trying to correct some things. But, uh, you know, that's what's really driving all this. And, and then, you know, some teams picking up eight-man. And with us having two non-conference games, there's a lot of shuffling going on. And, and, and people aren't big in that right now. So it's a matter of figuring out what we can do to solve that and maybe slow that, slow that transition down. So... Um, but, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be the president, but that just means that, you know, I'm going to get these guys' input and, and bring what our uh, what our coaches association wants to do, what our coaches want to do, and bring it forward to the WIA. Do you yeah, sleep yeah. during the football season, Mr. President? <laughs> I don't know if any, anybody <laughs> sleeps. <laughs> no, Tim over there. No, football looks like he aged about no. six years in the last two months yeah, since I saw him. Sleep is not part of the equation. <laughs> you know, and it's interesting about the all-play the all play scenario because it's, it's come and gone a few times in the last 30 years. And, you know, there's pros and cons to both of that, right? To, to both seeing both issues. Football is the only one where you have to qualify to get in the playoffs. Every other team is in the playoffs before the season even starts. But, of course, you, you want health of programs and safety involved, too. So, you know, already there's a fair amount of running clocks in round one in the playoffs if you take a look. And, it, you know, you don't want to embarrass other teams as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the, the coaches across the state vote. You know, personally, I love I love they got to qualify for the playoffs. So that, that adds some meaning to it. Uh, you know, you get that that win to qualify. You're excited, even even if you've been in the playoffs for a number of years, like Middleton has. I'm sure when they clinch that, they're, they're excited, right? It's something yeah, to achieve, absolutely. and then it's now okay. Let's look at where we're at for the conference title, and let's like, see where we get to make a run for the state title. Hopefully. Yeah, it's it's an order of things, right? So you, I mean, obviously you you're, you know, most programs it's about the process, and you know the, the score takes care of itself. But as Brian said, you know, the first thing you chuck off is making the playoffs. If you're fortunate enough to do that, then you can go to the conference championship, and make yeah. that your second goal. Both your teams are traditionally in the playoffs. We got long streaks. Mm-hmm. Fans get maybe a little uh, take take it for granted. You have to re- remind the kids that this first step conference is very important. It's not necessarily okay. We want to state championship, but winning your league. Should should have value in it. Absolutely, I think it should have a lot of value in that. And I think it might lose that a little bit with all play, in, in my personal opinion. Uh, uh, but um, you know, I, I think you gotta 
play for your conference title and you got to compete for your conference title because that's the first thing you can accomplish after the playoffs, right? So um, those are all very important things that I, I don't think we'll ever forget. I, I know expectations are high at both our programs, within both our programs, and within the communities of our programs, but uh, you know, people don't realize it's tough to get there year in and year out. And knock on wood, we've been fortunate enough to get there. That was Tim's head. I was knocking on my yeah, way. Yeah. We've been fortunate enough to get <laughs> pretty, there. Pretty for hard, a while, no but, question. Uh, about you it. know, you definitely don't want to take that for granted. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have the high expectations. Obviously, within the the program itself, within your coaching staff, within the community and parents. But you know, at the same time, you don't want them to take anything for granted. Um, I mean, we, we've been fortunate enough, along with. Wanakee and Arrow had to make every year since 1996 when they opened up the playoffs a little bit longer. There were the only three teams in the state that have done that 26 consecutive years, but it's hard. It's very difficult. So expectations, great. Assumptions, not good. That's fair. Tim Simon from Middleton. Brian Kaminsky from Sun Prairie East with us here on the Coach's Roundtable. Let's dive into your teams a little bit. Tim, I'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about Middleton. You get Gabe Pacini back as the senior quarterback. What else should we know about the Cardinals? You know, we, we have a great nucleus coming back. Uh, we got three offensive linemen who played last year. Co- you know, quarterback Gabe Pacini, you mentioned our tailback, Bryce Falk, uh, Troy Teff, wide receiver, KJ uh, Peterson, Hudson Cleary, um, Dylan Walzer played quite a bit last year, and of course Carter Cottow's, you know, moving in position, but he's a starter. So we got a great nucleus there. Uh, we're changing things offensively. We're going from more of a pro formation to more of a spread formation. I think very similar to what you've seen Wanakee and Sun Prairie do over the last few years. Uh, defensively, we've got a couple starters coming back, but the, you know, we've got some core guys in the interior, which which makes us pretty excited. Sam Piloff is a pretty special player so yeah. uh, just seeing him in the first week of practice it's a it's a different speed that he has that most people don't well you've got pretty much game breakers or playmakers at every level offense and defense yeah i mean there's there's still 11 10 spots that got to be filled by the underclassmen but uh, they're competing for those spots uh very well and and going at it every day they know their spots up for grabs but they they got to earn them at safety, Denafro got, Tom, got, got Thomas back at Denafro. He, you know, he's he's a hybrid linebacker safety. Uh, you know, he's back where he is. He kind of orchestrates the defense, get people where they're supposed to be, calls a lot of our coverages, uh, but he feels like a linebacker. So Hunter yeah. Waller type player. Yeah, I think there's some similarities there. How Wisconsin's going to use him this year? It kind of sounds like similar yeah. situation. High IQ, high motor, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, exactly. that's that's what you look for in everybody. Yeah. And, and Brian, we'll, we'll flip over to you. I know Drew Cavanaugh will be your quarterback this year. He's been waiting in the wings, and we know he's he's got a, a good arm and, and a fun style. Uh, Sam Ostrangle, we mentioned earlier. I, hope it, I don't know if he'll come off the field at all, but I'll let you answer that. But tell us a little bit else about your squad. Yeah, we've got a good nucleus of kids that have played a, a lot of football over the last couple of years with the play. Uh, excited for Drew to go ahead and step up as a quarterback this year. He stepped into our H-back tight end role last year. Uh, just a competitor, right? He, he knew Jerry was most likely going to be the starter last year and wanted to be on the field. He wanted to keep his hand at quarterback, but also said, can I get on the field this year? And I was hesitant at first, and then let the other coaches talk into us, talk me into it, and, and thank goodness, because it worked out pretty well for us. He was our <laughs> starter all year. And, uh, you know, you got Sammy Ostring and Connor Stoff and, and Logan Gross, so all those three guys uh, have played a lot of football over their two years already starting on varsity and, and have had a lot of success, so we're looking for them to be leaders. Um, you know, I think the one concern we have is maybe uh, depth right now, uh, which probably everybody in the state is saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that's been the hardest thing with the split is, is growing your numbers back to where they needed to be. And uh, so we're, we're constantly working on that, constantly trying to do that. But, you know, we like our team. We feel we've got some explosive players. Um, you know, we're going to be a little bit more maybe by committee 
in the running back versus just having Cortez Grant last year back there. But we got three, four guys. We'll wait and see which one has the hot hand maybe. And, and defensively, we just hope we always fly around and, and pursue that football and create takeaways. So uh, we, we, we've got kids there. Curtis Johnson is, is one I think you'll be on the lookout for this year, a young man that played a little defensive line, was our fourth defensive lineman last year. And, and this year he'll kind of be a hybrid in this fact that he'll be a linebacker and a defensive lineman. So we're excited. Both are in stadiums that colleges would be envied. Tim, with the changes over at Middleton, and with uh, Sun Prairie at Ashley uh, Bryan. Now, what's it like for your kids to have that? And then the student bodies. I mean, you both have pretty good student bodies as well. Yeah, I think you got to remind yourself. You know, you, we've been there now for four years, and you, you kind of get used to it, but you can't grow used to it because it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful facility. We're we're fortunate that our community supported that, and. Uh, you know, it's always special when you watch a team come in for the first time, like, oh my goodness, look at this place. Or you're able to host a, a Division Three a bowl game every year, uh, the Isthmus Bowl. And, uh, it's just a great facility, and, and I think, you know, you just got to remind yourself not to take it for granted because it truly is special. We had a good conversation last week about playoffs. Right now, they stop, and it's the deer hunting season thing or whatever. How come other states go to, like, Thanksgiving or whatever? It's been... Is there a move in the coaches association, Brian, to maybe extend that? We've talked about it, but we've always been told by the WIA that that is a no-go. That they will not, they will not move it that weekend. I don't know. I don't think it's really deer hunting, but and I'm not too familiar with their schedule anymore. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, maybe they're off that week. So maybe that has something to do with it that they don't want to uh, give up <laughs> that week. But I'm not 100 percent sure. But you know what would be best for kids is what is what ultimately we got to do. Exactly. And they used to hide behind Camp Randall and, and say we couldn't play because of Camp Randall being used. But if that's the case, you know what? Maybe we don't play at Camp Randall. Maybe you move it to Whitewater for a year. Or you move it to Lacrosse or something like that. But uh, you know, I, I think it would make sense. You could push push the start of the season back a week and, and still play your nine regular season games because every other sport, to be honest, is adding games. I'd hate to take one away from what we do. And there's a lot of time and effort by these kids and, and coaches to take a game away, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I remember hearing it was a non-negotiable to talk about putting the season one week further into November. And, you know, we're supposed to look at problem solving and we're supposed to th think about what's best for the kids, right? We're in this for the kids. We don't have the kids. None of this happens. And, you know, I don't want to bash anybody in charge. You know, I, I don't want the headaches that people in the WIA have because I know there's there's many and, and they do a tremendous job so it's not about bashing the WIA but it's it's about we should be problem solving what is best for the kids and yeah deer hunting to me is not an excuse because we're not practicing at five o'clock in the morning when people are all deer hunting <laughs> right and well, we're it's a great tradition here, but let's be honest, right. what community wouldn't go to support their football team you know, at, 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 for a couple hours of the day and then go back out to the woods if that's what they <laughs> want to do, right? When so. you start early, like we've been starting August 1st, when you start early, it affects 450 teams. If you go late, you know, talk about the state playoffs, you're it's affecting 14 exactly. teams. So, yeah, yeah. you know, when you look at the states around us are doing it, it just would be nice to have those conversations. Just look at the data. Look at what's best for kids. Get the feedback from schools, not just coaches, but administration, athletic directors. And I will say in the part I've been involved in, you know, it's not always a quick, easy fix. You know, you think you got one thing right, maybe it's pushing it back Thanksgiving. Well, then that's going to have a repercussion of something else being tweaked, right? So I know we've looked at seeding as far as maybe going ahead to seed 1 through 32 and see if we could do that. But 
I thought that'd be real easy, but when we looked at it, boy, the travel time when you get to some of those smaller schools is, you know, you're going to ask teams maybe to travel six and a half hours to play. Nah, it doesn't make sense either. So, um, you know, the, we got to continue to work together. Um, Tom Safransky has done a great job up there. He's been listening mm -hmm. to us. Um, you know, I think we got a great relationship working with them, and I, I see some things happening hopefully here in the next year or two, hopefully some positive changes that we can all um, maybe agree to, and, and maybe we got to give a few concessions here and there. Maybe they do, but uh, excited for the relationship with those guys and see if we can make some positive changes to continue to grow our sport. Mm -hmm. Well, it's good to see the passion you guys have as coaches and educators, too, because yeah. you are in the school districts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it all starts with what happens in the classroom. I mean, you know, very few kids are going to go on to play college football and very few kids are going to go on to play pros, but they're all going to go on to play life, right? So it's about making the four years experience of the high school as, as good as it can. And we know that being involved in athletics, clubs, music are going to enhance that. And, and data shows that it actually helps with their GPA as well. There's, there's a lot of common sense in this room, a lot more than you and I are typically used to when it's just us. Uh, Tim Simon from Middleton, Brian Kaminsky from Sun Prairie East. Fellas, thanks so much oh, for taking awesome. the time and, and teaching us a little bit about your, your teams and your passion, and uh, we always appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, our, my pleasure. Our pleasure. Right? Yeah, thanks it's, it's, for having us. We appreciate all you guys do for high school sports. Continuing getting that exposure for kids is, is a positive thing in those communities, so we uh, we really appreciate that. Yeah, you guys you guys do a tremendous job covering nice. sports. Well, we appreciate nice that. And we, we love doing it. The Coach's Roundtable on Zimbraconda's Prep Mania rolls on right after this, right here on ESPN Madison. Rolling on, it is Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania, the special Coach's Roundtable edition. Alex Strofe, Dennis Semrau, the Dean, with you live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Downtown Madison, excited to be joined now. By two old friends of ours, Dennis. They're with us every year. Mike Harris from Madison Memorial and Rodney Wedig from Milton. Always good to get these two fellas together, isn't it? A lot of years between these two. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He starts with that. No, it's great to be here. Thanks. It is great to be here. A lot of experience and two uh, teacher coaches that uh, two of the best. Two of the best, indeed. Uh, Rodney, we'll start with you. Milton, I, I mean, just walk us through. It's been about a week and a half of practice so far. How's everything looking for the Red Hawks? Well, we're very young, and, and, you know, but the nice thing is we've been very coachable. So, you know, we're looking at we probably only – we have a senior class of only 12 people. And of wow. those, we only have two probably starters on offense. So um, let's just say I'm more optimistic today than if you would ask me last week <laughs> uh, because the kids have taken the coaching very well. Um you know, so I expect us to keep improving. But, you know, in our conference league pool, whatever the WIA calls it now, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty tough. And we've just got, we, you know, we want to battle. You know, can we make the playoffs? Because then you never know what may happen. So I, I'm very excited with the progress we've made so far. Well, I hope if I ask you in another week, you'll feel even better then, too. <laughs> right. I hope so. Mike, how about you? About a week and a half in, what's the early analysis for Memorial? week and a half in, I want to piggyback off the same sentiment. We, we lost a, a great senior class last year, but um, the seniors this year have really stepped up. And, um, you know, they're they're showing their, their leadership skills. I'm really, really proud of how hard they worked in the offseason. This summer session that we had was phenomenal, um, and we're really optimistic. Um, we have some outstanding skill players coming back, but along that line, we also have to regrow all of our line. We have one returning lineman. So, Ooh. yeah, so, um, you know, that's, that's a challenge for us. We're going to uh, relish the opportunities to try to grow some more, but that's where we stand. Hard to believe it's been three years since we had the pandemic, mm -hmm. and the city schools were hit particularly hard with Dane County shut down. Mm -hmm. and you feel like numbers and things are starting to get back to pre-pandemic? Pre 
I, I, I wish I could say the numbers are jumping up as what we had for pre-pandemic, but they're not. Um, but I definitely see that the attitude and the, the moxie on the field is definitely one that's starting to carry over since we've been back. Um, you know, really, Dennis, I think the pandemic hit us hard in the sense of leadership development so that this year's senior class did not have an opportunity to see really how we expect our, our seniors to always operate. So there was a lot of instruction and growth going there. And we're, we're coaching up every day, and we have leadership lessons every single practice and every team meeting to try to get them on par. you got a new uh, field now. We do have a new field. Really? So it was, it was, it was one where uh, Lucher Stadium was turfed last year. I, I believe you asked me and in this interview last year how I felt about it, and we're still so grateful for the community to invest in the, the, the wealth and, and, and health and well-being of all of our, our student-athletes. So uh, Mansfield Stadium now has two end zones. One is the region end zone, end zone and um, I've, I've seen photos of it. It looks very, very well put together, and I'm excited to start playing on it. You tell me you haven't been there yet? I don't want to reveal that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Put me on the spot. <laughs> the regions have been sharing it, but it's been more Memorial Field, just like uh, Sun Prairie East and West. You've got the Wolves and the Cardinals. Right. Did they do the same thing with uh, with Lusier, with East and La Follette? Exactly. So it's a split field. East and La Follette have um, separate end zones, and it's a shared field. And I think we all can attest. I mean, Rodney, it's been years since we played together and played against one another on that field. But when it rains, the rain doesn't drain very well. Um, you know, the, the crown on it was just wavy. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was in dire need of being replaced, and we're happy now with the turf because it's going to be a very safe environment. And the track. And, and the track, track, brand new track. It's not a 10-lane. It's going to be a 9-laner, um, but we're still very excited to have that. So springtime. As a former track coach, right? Right, right, <laughs> right. So. Yeah, you were grinning that year of the pandemic. You got to at least work with your wife. Kind of let you work with track a little bit. <laughs> uh, Bill Richardson was very gracious to give me that opportunity, and I'm I'm I'm, help, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that he had that that uh, opportunity so we could work with the kids. And uh, you've been one of the, one of the few schools now left with grass. Right yeah, now. I mean in the, in our conference, conference, you know, obviously the Sun Prairie schools want a key, but other than that, um, really it hasn't really spread that much. But I, I will say. Um, right the year before you took mm -hmm. over at Memorial, we played Memorial the last game of the year in a nice light rain at Mansfield. So you're talking numerous soccer fields. So I, it's great for you, Mike, because that field was a mess. Like you couldn't <laughs> run between. You had to run outside the hashes because you couldn't run between hashes. So funny. It was just muck. Yeah, but but no, yeah, no plans really. Uh, to be honest with you, a nice grass field. I, I have no problem with. We have a nice little bowl there. The problem at Milton, what I was told, because they have obviously looked into it, because a lot of schools are looking into it. The problem is we would basically have to almost get rid of the stands, widen the track. It would have it would be like more costly than for a lot of schools because of the way our bowl is because I think our track's just a six lane track to be honest with you. Well, I love the bowl fact we had it's been a couple of years since we've done a game there, but I think we had a game with Stoughton yeah. on that field. Other than 
Oh, where the press box was, the sun. Oh, the sun. The oh, yeah. Quarter on that yeah. I was going to say, yeah, when yeah. you're on that side, especially if it's that <laughs> spring game with Stoughton, that was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Rodney Wettig, Mike Harris with us here on the Coach's Roundtable. Rodney, tell us a little bit more about the Red Hawks. You mentioned youth, a lot of youth on this team, but you do return your leading rusher from a year ago in Jordan Bundy. What else can we know about the Red Hawks this year? Well, you know, one guy that's really came on is Ethan Mitchell, a receiver. He'll be one of the seniors, him and Jordan Bundy. Jordan Bundy will still probably share time. We, we kind of rotate the backs. Yeah. He's really kind of became the man for us. So, you know, he did a lot of camps this summer. He's got some offers from uh, Minnesota, uh, what is it, Mankato, Minnesota State now, um, and a couple other D2s, and South nice. Dakota as a walk-on. He went to track in the uh, hurdles, uh, long jump, triple jump. Uh, so, so he's not athletic at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you barely notice him on the field. You know? uh, but and I'll tell you what, you know, those two, and then Kai Sheridan, a really talented corner for us, um, and then Ethan Reed, a linebacker who missed almost all last year with various shoulder injuries. Um, those four really stepped up to be leaders because that was a question. Going back to your COVID question, you know, with, without because I did not teach and don't I don't teach in Milton. This senior class were freshmen during COVID. I bear, I didn't get to know them. Like, I'm still literally getting to know some of these kids on a personal level. You know, I, I mean, I know them through coaching, obviously, last year and stuff. But just kind of getting to know, you know, them on a personal level, which, you know, I, I think Mike would agree as a coach, if you don't get to that level with the kids, it's tough to be a coach. No doubt about it. Mike, tell us a little bit more about your team. Is Makai Ward's back, right? Because that's that that is a guy you notice on the field. I, I think Makai is one who brings us the best vertical value. Um probably some of the best that I've ever seen. Um, his ability to just uh, use his explosiveness, his speed to separate uh, and really, you know, cap off the top of defenses has been phenomenal. Um, you know, I just want to go back to Rodney's uh, uh, squad. We had a chance to do some seven on seven this summer and nice. they were outstanding. So, um, you know, to see a Makai match up with, with uh, the likes of his talent there, it's, uh, I'm excited to see what's going to go on for you this season, Rodney. Um, you know, we, we returned. Kai is that guy that had two straight touchdowns on the first Well, I'm plays. not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're excited for Makai, but I'm, I'm Take also. Take that as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also excited for uh, uh, Ray Cruz Perez. He's a returning all conference athlete. Um, you know, Braden Taylor is also going to be an outstanding standout for us. We have an outstanding fullback who has really developed a lot in the offseason. Uh, Brock Weiler has done some phenomenal work. And, you know, as I said, the the interior linemen did uh, exactly what I had asked. I told them to hit certain weight goals for their body weights. They were able to do that in the offseason. And um, they were really the true force in our um, summer pride lifting the whole session there. So really excited there. We have uh, um, Owen Feeler, who's going to take the helm and replace Charlie Erlinson at quarterback. Um, and as a junior, he has really good concept of what's going on with defining what's open on the field. And um, he's, he's starting to really fall into, into place the way that we want him to. Awesome. Conference realignment. Yeah. Knew he was going to ask about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, and the playoffs, I guess we'll start with that. There's a lot of talk. We've talked to other coaches about this. Uh, all in. Uh, an extra tournament. What's your thoughts on uh, what the WA and the coaches association should be uh, should be doing? You want to go first? I, <laughs> thanks, Mike. Um, well, you know, years ago, this was years ago when they proposed a district plan. I thought rather than a district plan, save everybody the trouble, keep the conferences so you have the same conference rivals in basketball, things like that. You actually have conferences, and then let everybody. In. 
you know, and it, you know, if you're the eight seed against a one seed, you know, you maybe even have like because now they're talking about like a consolation bracket, right. which is what I kind of proposed. Like I said, this is years ago when I was still at Bigfoot, um, because then you could carry on your traditional conferences. Because the thing is now, you know, they realign things, and all of a sudden, Pewaukee gets punished for being successful, and they're thrown in the Classic Eight, where they probably won't have a chance to make the playoffs, even though they might be one of the top Division three teams in the state. You know, we will be this again, the smallest school in the Badger Large. You know, for the fourth straight year. In originally, again, and this and this was probably my fault for not reading through it close enough. Originally, I thought when they were talking every two years, it would be a tweak here or there. You know, some schools saying, you know, hey, we would be a better fit in this conference, and maybe moving a few pieces of the board to make it more user-friendly, so to speak, sure. geographically and competitively. I didn't realize they were just reshuffling every two years. I think, you know, the WFCA gave some pretty decent literature about it. We had a discussion at the Spring Clinic. Um, the alignment and realignment is really, you know, it's, it's based off of the third Friday count in your enrollment. And we're starting to see school districts around the surrounding Madison area really boom in, in attendance and enrollment. Um, and that obviously has a bearing with that. Um, I, I, I would like to see a little bit more clarification, um, maybe a little bit more transparency as far as the seating process. Um, you know, there are still some anomalies that, that influence whether or not teams get certain seeds. Um, obviously, we were the, the recipient of a, of a better seed than I think some of the other teams that probably should have had a different seeding than, than what we received last year. Um, so I'm not complaining, but I also feel um, uh, the pain that everyone was, was sharing at the clinic. Um, so it, it does take some tweaking, but again, um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the surrounding communities and see whether or not uh, they're going to be placed in the Big A Conference. I'm sure we could sit here and do another 20 minutes with Rodney Wedding and Mike Harris, but that's all the time we got. We appreciate you guys every year. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Alex. Fun. Thanks, Dennis. Always great to see you guys. Great. Right, right back at you guys. The Coach's Roundtable continues after this right here on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. The Coach's Roundtable continues here on Zimbraconda's presentation of Prep Mania. Alex Strofe, Dennis Semrau, the Dean, with you from the Everlight Solar Studio downtown Madison. And we were talking off the air, Dennis, about expectations. I don't know if you've built up expectations for two programs more than our next two coaches here the last couple of weeks. We have uh, Brett St. Arnold from Mount Hora Barneville and Jesse Norris from Madison Edgewood, two teams you know a lot about. Yeah, I think that's, that comes from the fans. You have a certain level, right, Brett, Jesse? Fans expect that. They expect conference titles two in a row for Mount Horeb. And uh, what, Jesse, you're going to be in another conference next year? Yeah, I think we're, of my six years, this is going into our fourth conference. <laughs> so, so the fans got to be yeah. kind of confused who you're playing. I'm confused. Yeah, <laughs> right. New year, I guess, new, new group of guys. So, no, this will be the first year we're two in a row since years one and two. So it's nice to have some consistency. But, um, you know, I think the position that we're in and where we're at and our size and, you know, we're blessed to be pretty competitive, you know, with a smaller school. So I think, you know, there's some the powers that be feel like they can kind of move us around a little bit. We're kind of jack-of-all-trades, so to speak. We talk about that, Badger uh, Small next year. Yep. Badger Small next year. You guys yeah. be playing each other. Yeah. yeah Lake, back at it. What is it, Lakeside also Lakeside in? Lutheran. Yeah, they're bringing Lakeside Lutheran. Yep. Yeah, we got two crossovers uh, with 
I, mean, that I don't even. I can't even. <laughs> really, I don't. Some. Yeah, so, Watertown, so Kiwaska, Plymouth, uh, Kettle Moraine, Lutheran, and Port Washington. I used to live over. Yeah, Lake yeah, Michigan, basically. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all over the place. You're lucky you don't have to go over more than once. You know, right. once a year probably. Right. Yeah. Road trip. Home and home, basically. Paul, hopefully you get those. You like to have them earlier in the season, but with your non-conference games, it's probably not going to happen. You'll be. You'll, you no, they'll already, be week three and school? four. Next yeah, week. we start school on Tuesday. Yep. So we uh, we get going pretty early here. So um, you know, it's a blessing and a curse for us. I mean, nobody else that we're playing has got school the first two weeks. So we kind of get into a groove. You know, we have to deal with that change of pace uh, week one, and so we can kind of get that under our belt a little bit. And then once we hit conference, that's when everybody's starting that first week of school. So you know, guys get into a groove. And those first two weeks, you know, and that's something that, that we kind of pride ourselves on. And uh, we get to kind of get that out of the way week one. Um, and so by the time we hit conference, you know, we're in a routine. Kids know what the expectations are each week. Um, so it's, it's, you know, nothing off our back to kind of roll through it. Uh, whereas our opponent week three, um, which is usually for everybody else, is going to be that first week of conference play. They've got to go through that change, you know, and adapt and, and kind of go through what that looks like. Um, so, you know, we see that as a blessing for us. We, we think that that's an advantage for us as we, as we move forward. And, um, you know, we own it just as much as anybody else would. So, Well, the guys like it uh, when you get out. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the thing. Is like when yeah. graduations. Yep. What May fifteenth? I yeah, think right. is Next year, that helps. Pre Memorial Day. That, exactly. that was nice. I wish it would have been like that when I was in school. Maybe I should have gone to Edgewood or something like well, that. But you definitely should have. Yeah. Alex, I went to St. Lawrence and Mount Calvary. My graduation was the sixteenth. I think of May. Yep. I think I graduated in the middle of June. Anyway, uh, Brett, tell us a little bit about uh, Mount Horror Barneville. Obviously, an undefeated conference season for you guys last year. So we talk about expectations. I know you don't like when I use that word, but uh, what's the team looking like this year? We got a lot of people back. Uh, we're bringing eight starters back on offense and eight on defense. So we got a lot of returners uh, from last season. Um, I, I think that the expectations obviously are placed high when you when you go and look at what people say about you. But you know, I try to tell the kids and keep them pretty humble in the fact that we haven't won anything yet you know it's it's a new year 21 and 22 are over it's 23 and now it's your turn to do something uh so w- the kids take it to heart a couple of practices in last week uh, had to get on a little bit about you know we haven't we're not there yet uh there's a lot of things to be done uh and there's a, anything can happen during football season uh to you know you talk about being plus or minus in the turnover category if we have a game where we turn the ball over four times uh, that's going to be bad for us. So you, you never know if you get clipped up. So you got to take it uh, a day at a time and treat business as, as usual. Uh, you know, I, I remember the year was uh, 2015, maybe, when uh, Catholic Memorial and Notre Dame played in the state championship game, and Catholic had six turnovers, but still only lost by six. Uh, so you're talking about, you know, anything can happen, uh, even if you are the better team. If you turn the ball over, we just have to make sure we take care of everything, uh, top to bottom. So, I mean, I think that the expectations are high, but you also kind of have to uh, earn that reputation as well. I mean, yeah, you can go and go, well, this is what you did last year. Well, what are we doing this year? Uh, you know, what a, where, where are we at this year? Uh, how are our leaders this year? And I think they're good. I think they're top to bottom. I think we've got great leadership. I think when we talked about you have to earn that, they took it in stride. And I heard a lot more vocal leadership in their practice, uh, taking, making sure everybody's being held accountable to the things that we do in our program, the standards being set uh, from them. Uh, because if it comes down for me, right, I, I kind of give the baseline, but you're the ones that have to follow it. And then you guys are the ones that have to set it. If you guys set it, this team can go far. But you have to be the ones that do it. It all starts with an offensive line. You talked off 
Mike, about the strength. Austin uh, Leibfried. Yeah, Austin. Uh, Indiana. Yeah. What I'll do you tell think? you what, you watch him in practice. Uh, there's times I just focus on him and just watch because it's, <laughs> it's so fun to watch. You know, I, I'll be honest with you, not ever, ever in my coaching career have I had a Big Ten talent lineman and, and just watch him in practice is just, it's fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah, and he's dominating, but at the same time, we got two other guys who started for us last year. Uh, we're replacing two guys on the offensive line, but Braylon Leahy, uh, he's getting looks at from some Division two schools, and Mahoney is an underclassman junior. I anticipate him giving getting some looks from probably some D2 programs as well. Definitely the WEAC. Uh, he's he's just a naturally strong kid. He started last year for us, and the DeForest game was his first game, and uh, he was playing left guard for us. And, and you know, D, DeForest's defensive line is pretty good last year. Uh, we saw the week before on film, Kimberly, uh, and Honestly, the, one of the things DeForest was doing, they're getting some disruption up front on that Kimberly offensive line, which is crazy to think. And we had to get a first down and finish the game. We ran off Mahoney, and Mahoney buried defensive tackle six yards down the field. And we were talking about a sophomore last year doing that, and that's when we said, yep, he's ready. And now we're turning those three guys, and then we got two really good guys coming in uh, uh, that we're going to fill those two slots we had to fill. So our offensive line is going to be very talented. We're very excited about them. Best you've had? Yeah, yep. Best I've had in my, my 10 years as a head coach. Yeah. Wow. So that's uh, that's pretty high expectations, Brett St. Yes. Arnold from Mount Hora Barneville. Jesse Norris from Edgewood with us as well here on the Coach's Roundtable. Jesse, tell us a little bit about this Edgewood team, the expectations. I keep using that word, always high for, for Edgewood. Yeah, I mean, we're in a we're in an extremely competitive conference. You know, I think that that's something that, that we pride ourselves on, too, is, is uh, you know, we're going to play the best in the state, um, you know, week in and week out. Uh, and it's going to be a battle. Like we had, uh, I think, five of our eight conferences were conference teams last year were in, in, the, in the playoffs having to play each other. Obviously, the conference champ came from, came from our conference. Um, you know, and, and a lot of the guys reload. Um, for us, we're going to be a little bit more – we're going to be up, up front heavy. Our front heavy is going to be really good. Um, we returned four or five O-linemen, uh, four of our seven uh, interior seven on defense. Wow. Uh, we've got some really good talent in that, in that class, um, the juniors and sophomores. And, and we're, we're pretty junior and sophomore loaded, actually, uh, just across the board on both sides of the ball. Um, we're really talented, but we don't have a lot of varsity experience this year. It's kind of the first year we've kind of rolled out. Uh, we've been blessed with really good skill talent in the last two or three years. Um, a lot of guys playing college ball from the skill position uh, that for from 21 to 22. Um, and so having to roll, roll those guys in, we've got some young guys, not a lot of varsity experience. We just need to get some football under our belt, um, and I think that we're going to be fine. Get a couple weeks under there. Uh, good talent, like I said, um, but making sure that we can kind of uh, – you know, I don't want to throw too much at them. Get them, get them some confidence as we roll through the beginning of the season, um, and they kind of settle into our conference play and and see kind of where it's at. It's nice being able to go in and, and kind of get a general idea of what guys are going to going to give us each week. Uh, just having been able to play them last year, um, so it kind of gives us a little bit of advantage. Um, added some coaches that are going to be, you know, a, a big advantage for us just from a practice perspective and in game looks. Um, and uh, so I'm excited about those opportunities, and our kids are learning a ton of football right now so it's been a good opportunity for us to kind of dive into our strengths and really work on where our weaknesses are and kind of work on our football IQ a little bit as we kind of get ready for tomorrow's scrimmage and then uh, ultimately our first game against West next week. How you learn so many cool news and notes from from area high school programs talking with them and that's that's awesome from Jesse Norris and Edgewood but Brett I heard you do these life lesson Thursdays within your program can you tell us a little bit about that maybe some of the different ones you've done in the past? Oh man, yeah, we've been doing that for the last few years. We uh, Thursdays before we even go down and do pregame stuff. I I always think I always tell the kids, you know, 
yeah, I care about what kind of football player you become, but I care more about the kind of man you can become, uh, whether it's husband, father. Uh, when you leave the program, I hope that you learn something that can help you in life. Uh, not necessarily football. I mean, it, and I think that these life lessons you talk about as an how to tie a tie at homecoming. I taught them how to do half wins or full wins. Just as a prime example, when I was 14, uh, my defense coordinator was uh, uh, was also one of my dad's best friends, and I was, we had to wear a shirt and tie for basketball. Uh, and I was sitting there, and my mom tied my tie in the morning, and I took it off for whatever reason. And I was in the hallway fidgeting with it. I didn't know how to do it. He's like, "You not know how to tie a tie?" I was like, "No." And he's like, well, let me show you. Real quick, poop, poop, he showed me how to do the half Windsor, and I did it. And then every, every time that, my mom never had to do my tie my tie. But I just started thinking about all these things that, like, you know, you could pass on to these kids. Like, sure, some kids know how to tie a tie, but some of them don't, or maybe a lot of them don't. And I'm talking about homecoming. I'm like, don't do the button ones. Actually, tie your tie, right? And so, like, I taught them how to do that. I brought in about, like, 40 of my ties, and I had all the kids try on the ties. And, I mean, that's just one example. Uh, other examples, just, how, you know, um, you know, one of the things in my first lessons this year is how to grill charcoal. Uh, I think that charcoal grilling is a lost art. And True I that. Think burgers taste so much better on charcoal grill than they do on electric. <laughs> Absolutely. Grill. You know Absolutely. I mean? so, but grilling with charcoal is actually, uh, it's actually a job, right? You actually have to tend the charcoal, right? So teaching them how to do that. And then I'm actually going to have meat brought in. So we're going to actually cook on the actual grill that we, we learn how to do it on. So, um, I think all those things are super important. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, I'm almost 25. I think I need to come uh, attend a couple Thursdays at Mount Hora Barneveld football. Brett St. Arnold, Jesse Norris, always a pleasure catching up with you guys. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Coach's Roundtable continues after this right here on ESPN Madison. You know, camp's been great. Uh, can't really complain about the uh, – excited to, you know, get after our scrimmage tomorrow and, um, you know, really just looking forward to week one. That's assuming the hail holds off. <laughs> yeah. Look, <laughs> keep looking at that weather forecast, hoping they're hoping they're wrong for tomorrow morning. Paul, well, how's everything in McFarland? Same. I'd echo what uh, Coach Becker is saying. I mean, weather's been great. We, we're a morning practice team, so we're lucky enough to kind of get in that cool morning weather, which works out well. And – kind of break up our practices a little bit and shorten them if we need to or kind of extend them a little bit if we have to. But, yeah, it's been great. And having two facilities where you have artificial turf even makes it better because you can just keep practicing no matter what. So we're blessed with our community supporting us that way and great with weather. And the biggest changes over the last decade has been the turf, and you both have turf fields now. How's that been now? It's a second year for uh, Stoughton. Yeah, you know, uh, you look at our schedule, and, and we're certainly blessed this year. Last year, we were a little bit of road warriors. You know, only got to play three home games. Uh, played those first four on the road because our turf wasn't quite ready. And uh, when we did get to play, it was great to have. And this year, we get six home games because of it. And uh, you know, we got to host Paul and and uh, his his team for a couple of days during contact days, and and it was fantastic. And it's just been a fantastic surface, not only just for the football team, but for the community. Um, you know, and to be able to use it uh, as much as it is. I mean, it's getting used all day, every day right now, and it's just it's fantastic to use. And we would not have been able to do that with a grass surface. And you, it's been a few years now for uh, McFarland. Yeah, this is our sixth season on it, so uh, it's held up great. It's been a wonderful product for us, and I would, again, echo what Coach Becker is saying, is that it's just, it doesn't just help the football team. I mean, our soccer programs love it. Uh, our Phi Ed program, our Phi Ed uh, classes love it. 
Um, and it's used all the time. I mean, back when we had grass fields, it was like you barely even wanted to step on that thing in the summertime. In your springtime, it would get tore up with you know your other activities, track, girls' soccer. Now you come into the summer, and you think of the training opportunities you have on it as well, right? I mean, you could never train on your stadium field prior to it being turf. Now we have our speed barn acceleration classes out there every day. It's just a great, great facility. So, And you see more facilities like that coming around our, our Dane County area, which is great. Paul Ackley from McFarland, Jason Becker from Stoughton with us here on the Coach's Roundtable. Paul, I'll start with you on, on this year's team. You're coming off a really solid season. Six and one conference record. The only loss was to an eventual state champion. So I, I guess you'll take that thing. We'll take that one, yeah. Talk to us a little bit about this year's team. You get some, a lot of those guys back, right? Uh, well, we, we, we graduate 17 seniors, and seven of them are going on to play college football at some level one way or the other. Most of them are in state, which is great. We do have a Division II kid going up to Mankato and, and Keats. Um, so I guess what I've said to people that have asked me this around the community for the last week or so is I'll say that, you know, having those seniors – play a lot of football from their sophomore year to their senior year was a blessing for us for those three years. Now it's a little bit of a curse because some of these younger kids don't have the experience because those older kids were playing. But the one thing I will say about this team this year is, you know, we have some have strong experience. You know, our, our quarterback, Braylon Roeder, Andrew Kelly, our wide receiver, a lineman, Caden Westfall. Um, and we have other linemen too that our offensive line has good experience. So I feel good about that group coming back. But they're coachable. I mean, they're extremely coachable young men. They want to get involved. They want to get active. They want to get in the game. Now it's just a matter of giving them game reps, right? The scrimmage will be huge tomorrow to give those uh, players that maybe didn't get a ton of playing time last year that opportunity. So inexperience, you know, but again, I think we can gain some some momentum as we go throughout the season. And Jason, for you, it seemed like you had a lot of younger guys at the skill positions on offense last year, returning quite a few of those guys. Uh, one in particular, Ty Fernholz. I've heard rumors. Where's he playing this year? He was a quarterback last year. Uh, well, actually, Ty Fernholz is not playing football this year. Uh, Ty is, uh, has uh, recently committed to uh, Michigan Tech for basketball, and he is uh, – and so he is, he's really focusing on basketball this year, and, and we wish him all the best with basketball. He was, you know, he was a fantastic quarterback for us this year, and, and you know, in the conversations we had, and, and you know, he's, he's, he's still around the team, and obviously still, uh, I, I have a feeling he's going to be in the front row of the student section quite a bit this fall. Um, you know, so but we're also fortunate that we've got two juniors that have been battling it out uh, all summer long and, and all throughout camp. Uh, the, the really the, the scrimmage is going to go a long way tomorrow in terms uh, you know in terms of determining who gets that starting nod against uh, Oregon. But you know to go back to what you say, we had nine sophomores uh, starting last season, and 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 so you know when you step back and look at our three and seven record last year, it was you know initially very frustrating to to only have those three wins, but. Then when you took that that further step back and realized the experience we got, especially at those skill positions, and then you you know you also look at the fact that uh, we get a guy back like Ben Harmon who didn't play last year because of injury, and and he's uh, you know gotten a, a lot of recruiting interest as of late. Picked up a couple of Division One offers uh, in the last month or so. Here he's going to be at right tackle for us, and then we've got Griffin Russo who's picked up a, an offer from uh, Illinois this summer. He'll be at left tackle, and so I think our offensive line and up front, we're going to be extremely solid and really looking forward to that that depth and experience that we gained last year, uh, helping us take some huge steps forward this year. 
Dennis, you, you've been asking every coach the same question, so I'm going to let you have the last rip here. Last Go for one, it. okay. We'll start with you, Paul. One thing about high school football you like to see make the game better for the kids. One thing. You know, I, I think Jason touched on it. I, I think we really have to start to look at our, our realignment procedures and making sure that we are putting schools of like size and proximity together to establish traditions and rivalries. And, you know, schools are going to grow, right? I, I was, you know, in many schools in the Dane County area are growing. Um, but I think it's just that that's the hot topic right now is because realignment just drives so much. Right. It's just it's a huge, huge topic in our football world right now um, that we have to continue to look at and reestablish and, and make sure that we're working in partnership with the WIA in regards to how we want this process to go, because it is important. I mean, football is a sport where numbers it's a very dependent sport on numbers and some big schools just don't have a lot of numbers, but some smaller schools have large numbers. And so we just, I think we really have to look at our enrollment sizes. We have to look at proximity. We have to look at competitive equity and things of this nature to make sure that we're doing what's best to continue to grow the sport of football in the state of Wisconsin. Jason? I'm gonna play off that with something that uh, I'm hoping that we've got some administrators and uh, maybe some school board members listening. I think we've got to go back to an early start to school. I really do. I think we've got to get back into that August start. Uh, I think it would make a difference in a lot of ways. You know, um, know, like Paul said, we depending on what size school you're in, uh, you know, you're having an issue maybe getting kids out, and some schools see that influx of kids that all of a sudden show up after school starts or different things that way. And I, th- I really think if we went back to that late August start, um, you know, allows kids to feel like they're not missing an entire month of summer, uh, and 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 you know, like this year, for example, I mean, we're playing three games before before mm-hmm. school even starts. So now, you know, quite honestly, are we going to have the, the the student support and those things at those first games and everything else? And I think you're you're missing out on a great opportunity to grow not only the the sport of football. But that more of that community support and that that just overall student support and um, you know gone are the days of when we need those students to to help out in the Dells and the Northwoods and those things and hey let's go back to that that August start get us out in late May and enjoy the summer and just continue to grow the sport of football. Jason, I think as we wrap up the coaches roundtable, that's been the most popular answer from all the coaches that we've that we've pulled. Uh, Jason, Paul, can't thank you enough for doing this each and every year. It's always a pleasure catching up with you, fellas. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And a big thanks to all our coaches that participated tonight. Pat Rice from Wanakee, Brandon Beckwith from Monona Grove, Josh O'Connor from Sun Prairie West, Andrew Riley from Verona, Brian Kaminsky from Sun Prairie East, Tim Simon from Middleton, Mike Harris from Madison Memorial, Rodney Weddig from Milton, Jesse Norridge from Norris from Edgewood, excuse me, Brett St. Arnold from Mount Hora Barneveld, the state champs, Andrew Selgrad from Columbus, Toby Golombeski from Monroe, and these two fine gentlemen right here, Paul Ackley from McFarland and Jason Becker from Stoughton. If you missed any of tonight's show, you can find it with Scouts on Amanda wherever you get your podcast. Dennis, you're not done, though. The No Huddle Preview with Jesse Nelson coming up right after this on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin on Demand.